Hello, and welcome to Money Mondays, powered by the Joseph Business School, where you can tune in every first and third Monday of the month to hear a new money topic. Be sure to subscribe to the JBS YouTube channel and share these podcasts with your friends and family. I'm your host, Jill Thompson, and on today's podcast, we're going to talk about a very exciting topic. Today, we are discussing investing. Remember, our theme for this year is breakthroughs. Breakthroughs in our finances, breakthroughs in our thinking, and especially on today, breakthroughs in our investments. For many of you, you're probably like me. You're saying to yourself, I love to hear the topic like investing, but I often leave the discussion still not knowing the next steps or even how to begin. You may be a person who thinks you need a lot of money to start investing, or if you're that someone who has thought about investing in different assets and instruments, but don't yet feel comfortable making a decision without proper counsel, then you have tuned into the right segment. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 11:14, where no wise guidance is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. I don't know about you, but when I think of counsel, I want the best. And I want to learn from those who have mastered what they teach to others. I hope you're getting excited about what you're about to hear today. We've put together a great investment podcast with you, the viewer, in mind. So buckle up, hold tight, and get ready as we dive deep into the exciting topic. Here, to put it all in perspective, is an expert with more than 25 years of financial experience, Catrice Wells. Catrice is a graduate of Oral Roberts University with a bachelor's in finance, and she has quite a financial pedigree. She has worked as a stockbroker for A.G. Edwards & Sons, one of the largest and oldest brokerage firms in the country. She was the head stock trader and mutual fund coordinator for private held money manager Lou Holland, who was a regular panelist on CNN, CNBC, and Wall Street with Lou Rukeyser. And she also was a research analyst for Zach Investment Research. Catrice is a Christian and has a passion for studying and investing in the stock market. She is the author of the book, When Heaven Went Public, which has been described by experts in the finance and Christian church world as a profound and life-changing revelation. Catrice has managed million and multi-million dollar high net worth client portfolios. She founded her own FINRA an SEC member firm called Johnson Well Investments. Throughout her many years in, in the investment industry, she has been a popular television and radio correspondent and the host of various stock market programs, including Chicago's UPN television program, The Stock Market Observer, Ask an Expert. Ms. Wells currently hosts her own investment TV show, Well Street. I love that name which airs on channel 62 WJYS in the Chicago area. If you have not written down her name yet, please write it down now, Catrice Wells. Guys, I promise I'm gonna try to stay as quiet as possible for much of this podcast because there's so much information that Catrice has to offer us. And I wanna make sure that in our time together that she pours out all her wisdom nuggets. Without further ado, Miss Catrice Wells. Welcome, Ms. Wells. Thank you, Jill. Glad to be here. I'm glad that you're here as well. So, can, you know, we're going to actually start opening up our podcast with discussing the interesting title of your book, mm -hmm. When Heaven Went Public. Can you explain the concept behind the title? 
Sure, it's the concept that God gave me. God gave me that book. And it's based on the idea that God actually created investing and that Wall Street copied his idea. Hmm. So whenever you know we have a business idea, you want to start a, um, say, open up a store, whatever idea you have for a business, you need money to fund it. Okay. So what you can do is, of course, is incorporate. And whenever you incorporate, you actually, people invest money in the company, and then you give them uh, part ownership of your company. You give them shares. So if you're incorporated, you have the ability to offer shares to people. Okay. Now, if you can control who invests in your company, that means it's private. Like sometimes you just have your friends and family uh, invest because you want control of the company. You don't want someone to take over. So then you can also go public. And the stocks that we see trading on CNBC going across the screen there, mm -hmm. those are publicly traded companies. So that means anybody can invest. Got it. Well, that's God's principle. Because whenever he wanted to build his kingdom, heaven, he actually offered it to Abraham. He, we invest our lives in the kingdom of God. So we are actually shareholders of the kingdom as Christians. So he uses our lives to build his kingdom. Now, first, of course, heaven was privately held because he offered it first to Abraham, who was considered a friend of God. Okay. But then, then the Jews, when they rejected the idea, he actually sent Jesus Christ to do a public offering on the cross. So heaven went public. So that's where the concept comes from. And you know, when you uh, have a business idea and you do incorporate, you do need a board of directors. And it should be an odd number. You know, you have a chairman of the board. Uh, the chairman presides. You have a chief executive officer. You have a chief operating officer. Well, heaven has that too. God is the chairman of the board because he presides over the, the earth. And then Jesus Christ will be the chief executive officer because whatever we want is executed in his name. And then the Holy Ghost will be the chief operating officer because we operate under his power. So heaven has an odd number too, and he has a chairman of the board and wow. a chief executive officer and a chief operating officer. That's a very, very different revelation that I've never heard before. And I'm so intrigued. I'm definitely going to read about this because as you were speaking, it made such sense. Mm -hmm. It's like I could truly see the structure of the corporation that the three tier actually make up the board and that we are the shareholders. Right. That's that's absolutely powerful. Yeah, And when you know you have shareholders meetings, too, if you're uh, if you're incorporated. And so that's like church. We have shareholders meetings where we, we vote, where we say, yes, Lord, yes to your will, that your will be done. We're saying yes to what the chairman of the board wants to do with his kingdom. That's so, awesome. Mm -hmm. So don't miss any more of your shareholder meetings on Sundays and Wednesdays. Now you see how essential and important they are to us advancing the kingdom. That's right. but, but to go and touch a little bit about more about you professionally and with your career, can you share a bit about um, some people you have maybe helped with your their personal finances? I know you've managed millionaire and multimillionaire and multimillion dollar portfolios. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, one of the most exciting things for me majoring in finances because finance touches pretty much every industry. Every industry has a financial side to it. Even churches, you know, you have to have money to, to run a church or a Starbucks, whatever you're running, you have to have money. So I've been able to help a lot of different people because finances are a part of pretty much every industry. So if even from just millionaires, even to people who, who, uh, who are just starting out really small, a lot of my clients have been people who uh, left a job and they had a 401k or some money there that they needed to roll over. You hear that term a lot, roll over their money. So I've helped them. And I've had uh, I've had uh, athletes, professional athletes who have been clients. Wow. Uh, one, of, one of my clients was um, actress uh, Lynn Thigpen. She lived in New York. Whenever she did a movie, uh, she sent sent a check, and we would do the investing for her. 
she, um, so one of the things I pride myself on is I always try to offer advice that's uh, trusted okay. and, and provide good service. So I just try to distinguish myself that way, someone that you can actually trust. So, so I'm, you know, I'm open as far as who I help, and it's a very rewarding type of career. That's good. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about you're open to who you're helping, it kind of brought us back to a, a previous podcast that we did before where we talked about some statistical data that talked about that 39% of Americans, according to CNBC, only have a savings in order to write a $1,000 check, um, and that 80% of the current U.S. population is living paycheck to paycheck. What do you say to a person like that that may be on the fence about investing because they just feel like they don't have enough or they don't even know where to start? What advice would you provide that person? Well, what's happening is that people have kind of lost the, uh, the habit of saving. They're mm. more into uh, borrowing. And, and you still, so if you're, if you're borrowing, that means you are spending more than you're bringing in. So it's, it's a matter of reining in how much you are bringing in and, and then controlling how much is being sent out. So you have to reduce one or increase the other. So yeah. you reduce what you're spending or increase what you are earning. Mm -hmm. So what's happening is people are borrowing a lot and they're not really in the habit of savings. Now this is a principle too of, of the kingdom. You know, whenever you, whenever you give your life to the Lord, yeah. he cancels your sin debt. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So basically, your net worth mm. is what you own minus what you owe. So if your debt is canceled, that means your, uh, what you, you know, your, your net worth goes up. So when we give our lives to the Lord, he cancels the sin debt. Mm -hmm. And so, like, so if you have love, you cancel the hate, you know, so, so you become uh, basically debt free. So, so your debt is not working against your, uh, your net worth. So it's the same as in the financial principle where you want to reduce your debt mm -hmm. and, and, and increase your, your assets, what you own, and your, uh, your financial uh, soundness, increase that amount. So what's going on is that people are really going into debt and wow. so not, not really saving. And the way to avoid uh, debt is to save, you know, save up money. And you should have at least three to six months worth of savings set aside. So how much should you save? Mm -hmm. It should be like if you take your salary, say you make $30,000 a year, yeah. divide the salary by 10000 whatever it is, divide it by 10000 So if you divide, divide 30000 by 10 Thousand, that gives you three. So you should have three months worth of savings. Now, the more you make, say you make $100,000 a year, yeah. divide that by 10000 So it gives you like 10 months because a higher paying job takes a little longer to get. So you need more savings just in case you, you uh, lose your job. That's good. Yes, yeah, so you save up. Now, a prayer is like our savings account. Okay. That helps us to avoid sin debt. Uh -huh. when, we're, when we're prayed up, like people don't pray like they used to, like they say. People don't save like they used to. Hmm. You know, so... Uh, so you have to uh, control your, your debt and control your, the, uh, the, the cash flow, making sure you have more uh, coming in than you have going out. But you should immediately try to save $1,000 for emergencies because you just don't know what may happen. And people usually go into debt because some sort of emergency comes up or, um, or they go bankrupt because they, have, they end up with so much debt. No matter how much money you make, you know, sometimes people just keep spending. And so you want to make sure that what you own is greater than what you owe. Okay, you know, so. and so that just we're talking about a, a, a level of discipline with right. our finances. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay, but you know what? Um, another thing I want to talk about is I know when people typically think about investing, a good question always people tend to ask is, is it a good time to engage with the market? So from your mm -hmm. expert opinion, what would you say? 
Well, you know, one of the wealthiest uh, individuals in the world is Warren Buffett. He mm -hmm. always said, people always ask him that question. And he always says, whenever the market's open, it's a good time to invest. Okay, you know, so, so there's no, so there you go, folks. There's no bad time to ever invest in the market. It's always a good time. As long as the market is open, it's a good time to begin investing. That's right. So for someone also who may be at the bottom um, of the totem pole, where maybe their finances, they may be that person that can't um, acquire a $1,000 in savings, I know typically most financial advisors tell them to begin to start with their Roth IRA or their 401k with their employer. Can you talk a bit about what is a 401k and what is a Roth IRA and what's the difference? Okay. Well, IRA stands for uh, Individual Retirement Account. Mm -hmm. And anyone can go open one of those up at a bank as long as you have a job. And uh, now 401k is the retirement account that you're a company that you work for will offer you. Okay. Both of them offer the advantages of a tax deferral. Okay. Now, with an uh, IRA account, you pay the taxes uh, once you start taking the money out. And so it allows the money to grow uh, tax-free. Same mm -hmm. way with the uh, 401k account that you're offered at your job. Now, the Roth is something that's newer. Okay. The Roth allows you to, you pay the taxes before you put it in. And so, you, so if you pay, say you save up money and over the years it grows to a substantial amount, no matter how much it's grown, you don't have to pay taxes on mm -hmm. what you've made on that account. So it's a really a nice option for retirement. Okay. And so, you know, God actually has a 401k plan too. You know, tithing is like God's 401k. Because, hmm. you know, when you have a 401k, you, you take a certain amount out of your paycheck, you know, whether it's $50 a month, you know, based on what you made, let's say it's 10% and you put it in your 401k, it grows tax-free, you do it monthly on a regular basis, yeah. and it builds up. Well, same th way with tithing. If you make money, you give God 10%. He says he'll rebuke the devourer. Now, yeah. taxes is a devourer, right? Yes. Yeah, it works against your, your earnings. So uh, he said he'll rebuke the devourer, and plus God matches you. He said, give and it shall be given unto you. Yes. Yeah, so he matches you just like your corporate company that you work for. Uh -huh. uh, like you say, you give 3% and they'll match you. Mm -hmm. and it allows it to really grow. So the same way with God. He has a 401k, a retirement plan, too. So he matches us when we tithe. And, uh, and he is like a profit sharing. That's that awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking about when you were talking about God matching us. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about the scripture where it talks about, and he'll give unto some 30, 60, and 90 fold. Right. I was like, oh my goodness, I could see the total employer match yeah. in this whole corporation. This exactly. is this is a very interesting concept, people. If you're really not catching this, you gotta make sure you get this book because there is definitely a correlation between how things are working within the kingdom and the topic of investing and how it even works with our faith. Right. I'm quite excited about this. So. What would you say, let's talk about stocks and bonds. That's something everyone likes to talk about, but not just stocks and bonds. There are so many different asset classes out there right now um, that people are kind of either researching or they hear others talk about. So we've heard about stocks, we've heard about bonds, we've heard futures, forex, options. Can mm -hmm. you talk a bit about those? Yeah, there are a lot of things that you can invest in, but a good way to start is to get a financial advisor. Now, you can do it on your own, and you may save money doing it on your own, but having the professional ad advisor that has the training and uh, they're in it you know, full-time and they're watching the market and they, they'll do a risk assessment to see where you stand, mm -hmm. how, how would you handle certain situations, would you be nervous about this, would this investment keep you up? A financial advisor can do an assessment for you and then create a plan for you. You know, and they say that people who have financial advisors usually make more money because the financial advisor keeps them accountable. 
it's kind of like that with, with Christians, you know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people say, well, I'm just going to have church at home. You're just going to do it on the Internet. You know, they, wanna, they don't want to give no money to the pastor. You know? <laughs> so they save money by doing it uh, at home and doing it on their own. But, you know, when you have a pastor, he mm -hmm. keeps you spiritually accountable. Yes. You know, and uh, he's, he has special training, and he can oversee your growth. Yes. So it's kind of the same principle. So you should start maybe with a financial advisor to find out what's the best for you. You know, because it depends on how much money you have, how much you expect to come in in the future. Yeah. What are your specific goals? Yeah. So you need someone to kind of go over that with you. Yeah. And so that's a good way to start. But if you just want to start right away, uh, you, uh, your 401k account would be a great place to start because you can put a small amount in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, over the years, it's, it's kind of been shown that people who have a 401k account, so they really can accumulate a lot of wealth over time. And a lot of millionaires that we see today, uh, have come from people investing in their 401k. Mm -hmm. And I think the key there is that they put the money in and they just leave it. And they continuously add money to it as they get paid. So they're adding money even when the market's down, so they're buying stocks at a lower price. Yeah. So therefore, you know, they have a greater profit. So over the years, that can really, really add up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, and as you were talking, I thought about something that you said, which I, I definitely want to reiterate um, in this time, which is she said that typically most people who have a financial advisor tend to take tend to make and generate a lot more money than a person who does not which kind of goes back to our scripture we talked about in the beginning in the opening that in the multitude of counsel there is safety you do not have to do this by yourself nor do you have to be in fear of trying to even figure out how it's supposed to work get a financial advisor have an accountability partner it keeps you accountable to your goals and what you have for your future but it also it's their responsibility to make sure that you stay on track that whatever you say you want to do you'll definitely be able to do it That's right. so i'll ask you this is there any particular stock that you would recommend yes I, there are several but uh, one of my favorites is microsoft Huh. You know, that's a name that's uh, well recognized. It's a blue chip stock. I don't know if everybody knows what a blue chip is, but... Can you, can you tell us what blue chip yeah. is? Blue chip stock is a company that's uh, name recognized. They've usually been around quite some time. They're a leader in their industry. They have good earnings. And uh, so Microsoft is one of those stocks. Right now it's going for probably $112, I think, today. Uh, the price target over the next maybe four to five months is... I think 125. But I actually think in about a year and a half, it may go to about $200. Wow. Yeah. Now, what makes it a, a, a good a stock, too, is that the price of the stock compared to what it's earning, I think is kind of low. That's called the P.E. ratio. That's one of the key uh, components that you look at to determine whether it's a good investment. So the price of the stock compared to how much the company is earning per share. And then you also look at beta. Now, beta is uh, generally it's 1.0. That's beta. Now that measures the volatility of the market, how much up and down you'll see in the overall stock market. Okay. Now Microsoft's beta is right at about one. So if, if a stock's beta is above one, that means it's a little more volatile than the rest of the market. Okay. If it's under one, that means it's uh, less volatile mm -hmm. than the market. So Microsoft is pretty much right at about one and it's uh, actually, now I'm saying buy it, uh, it's a good pr uh, stock at 112, but I actually was buying it maybe a year and a half ago, and it was only 50. So it's doubled over just like a, you know about a year and a half. So, uh, but I think it's going to go much higher. So. Hmm. And so, if people want to do more research on identifying stocks to potentially invest in, 
Um, would you recommend that they, is there a particular place they can go to find out information about a company? Uh, yes, Investor's <coughs> Business Daily is a very popular, or, or I should say a good newspaper to read. Uh, there's also Value Line that gives okay. you a good valuation on companies. It gives you a price target. It tells you a lot about the company, who owns it, uh, what products they make. So Value Line is one a, pub a publication that you can use. Now, a lot of people. Now, if you're buying individual stocks, that's higher risk okay. because you're maybe putting it in one individual company, and that company could go bankrupt. Any company could go bankrupt. You, know, mm -hmm. you just never know what could happen. Now, but the way to avoid or minimize your risk is to buy a mutual fund. Okay. Uh, so a mutual fund is just basically a group of stocks. It's a bunch of stocks into one account. So you, you get a fund that has Microsoft inside of that particular mutual fund. Okay. Like Fidelity. Fidelity is a company that, you know, you can, is uh, low cost. You can do it on your own at Fidelity. Okay. They have a Fidelity blue chip fund mm -hmm. and Microsoft is in there. Google, I believe, is also one of their higher holdings. Google, um, Facebook, those companies are growing, mm -hmm. and, uh, and but when you put it in a mutual fund, you have all those different companies, it reduces your risk. And with the mutual fund company, you can invest a smaller amount, like you can just put $50 a month in, in an IRA, just open up an IRA at a bank. IRAs are usually opened at banks, and then the 401ks are usually at your employer. Got it. So if you go to a bank, you can say, well, I want to open an IRA, maybe put in $25, $50 a month into a mutual fund. You know, and they could, they could build up over time. Got it. Would you say that it's more cost effective to try to invest in a mutual fund versus trying to purchase an individual stock by itself or purchasing multiple stocks? So is it just a matter of risk or is there a cost factor as well? Mutual funds have different ways that they uh, charge a customer. There okay. are no load funds, meaning that uh, you don't pay an upfront fee. You but heard that? No upfront fee. That, but then you don't really have, usually you don't have a financial advisor. Okay. Because when you buy and you pay a commission, you're not really paying to buy the stock, you're paying for the advice. Okay. You have someone that's going to be watching out for you, calling you, saying, mm -hmm. you know, this is what's going on. You know, just like say the market went down 500 points, like you're kind of panicking, you have somebody to talk to. Yeah. So that's what you're paying the commissions for. Because you can actually just go directly to a company. Okay. And buy the stock from them without any type of commission. Okay. But um, so if you go to an investment firm and there's a commission, you're really paying for the professional advice, someone to kind of hold your hand and look out for you, do a financial plan. So that's where the cost really is coming in. Got it. And so mutual funds, I know typically where I've seen mutual funds are within my retirement account. And so typically you see they have targeted funds, they have maybe small cap, some large cap. Would you recommend a person sitting with their retirement advisor to kind of figure out where maybe if there is a mutual fund within that set that's already in their retirement accounts that they can maybe just target their, their funds there? Oh uh, yeah, sure. That, that's one way to do it. Uh, the growth funds are usually, you know, for an investment out five to ten years, you mm -hmm. know, then you have aggressive growth. Mm -hmm. So that they will be investing in more companies that are, are more, they're not as maybe established or high growth. Like Microsoft mm -hmm. is still, would be considered, I think, aggressive growth because, but even though it's been around a long time, mm -hmm. aggressive growth usually means a little more risk. But if you're in a mutual fund, I don't we believe we've ever had a mutual fund go bankrupt. Got it. Because there's just so many stocks inside that fund, the whole country would have to go under. Okay. You know, for you to lose all your money in the mutual fund. Got it. And that, I don't, that, that hasn't happened. So, so going just with, you know, with a growth fund, if you're trying to plan for retirement, 
you know, that's a good way. You, uh, name recognized companies like Fidelity. American Funds is one of my favorite mutual fund companies. Mm -hmm. uh, the Washington Mutual Fund. Okay. I think it's been around since 1952. Okay. And uh, the growth in there has just been really uh, consistent. You know, usually if the market is down, it's not down as much. You know, if the market is way up, it may not be up as much, but it's going to probably be up. So it's, it's been around a long time and has a really good track record. Okay. And when you say market, so let's talk to the novice, someone who knows nothing about the industry. What is the market? It's a supermarket, like a grocery store where you can go buy different things. Uh, it's, a, it's a place where you can buy stocks. Okay. Now, things have become computerized. It used to be that the markets were a place where you have the traders on the floor. They're doing the hand signals. You know, when it's this way out, they, they want to sell. When it's this way, they want to buy. So that's kind of going more towards just being computerized. Okay. But it's just a place where you can buy a corporation. You can invest okay. in a corporation. So. Okay. And what's an index? That's index. another word we've heard people talk about. Well, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is probably one of the most popular ones. It's okay. 30 different stocks from different industries. Mm -hmm. and most of them are all name-recognized companies that you, you and I have heard of. So when they say the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down, or the market is down 200 points, it doesn't mean the whole market. It just means those 30 stocks, mm -hmm. the leading companies in their particular industry, they're all they're down, you know, a certain percent, you know. And so there, not everything goes down when the market goes down. Mm -hmm. So there are defense stocks, or like say Johnson and Johnson. Mm -hmm. um, when the economy's bad, people are still going to buy Pampers, you know, for their babies. Got so, it. So you, there's so many things you can buy okay. and invest in okay. and build a portfolio. You shouldn't really buy, I, I don't think you should buy individual stocks unless you have 100, at least 100000 If it's less mm. than that, you should probably go with a mutual fund for diversification purposes. Got it. Mm -hmm. But I will say that the, the millionaires in the world, the billionaires, like the Bill Gates, mm -hmm. the guy who owns Amazon, the Walmart family, they have made their money in one particular stock. Really? And that's how people have made millions, because they put it all, it was all in one. Mm -hmm. So it's like putting all your money into your business. Got that's it. That's what they did. Yeah. And so they made a lot of money. So their money is, their wealth is tied up into the value of their stock. And so, now, so if you want to take that risk and put it all in one, you can, but you have to be prepared to lose all of it because it could go under. Yeah. So it's the same way if you open up your business. You know, you put all your money, you take $100,000 to open up a, you know, a restaurant. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, you could use, lose it all. But what if you do make, you know. What if you make a lot of money? Right, so it's the same, same concept with yeah. investing. It's not gambling, it's really, it's investing when it comes to the stock market. Got it. You are investing in a company. Don't buy stocks that you wouldn't, um, you know, want to own personally. People sometimes come to me and they say, well, you know, oh, what about this marijuana thing? <laughs> I personally don't sell. I wouldn't be selling marijuana, so so I don't invest in those stocks. So, okay, you know that's just my principle. So got you. Mm -hmm. And we talk about. I know people talk typically about short-term investing versus long-term investing. Would you say that stocks are a long-term investment, or what's a short-term investment that for people who are interested in making uh, profit? on a consistent basis? Well, I'll give you an example of a short-term investing. And I don't do a lot of short-term investing, but if mm -hmm. I have a client that's interested in taking a certain amount of risk on a short-term basis, mm -hmm. there would be kind of a company that is up and coming or you're trying to uh, capitalize on a trend okay. in the market. Mm -hmm. One of those trends I, I took advantage of was the Weight Watchers stock. Now, okay. Weight Watchers is a known company, but you know, when they announced that Oprah Winfrey was part owner of that, Oh yeah, and it was only I'm like sure. it was only like eleven dollars a share. 
I was thinking, okay, then this is probably going to be a good investment. Exactly. And of course, the, the stock really was really moving up and moving and moving and moving. But I wasn't in it for the long term. I, I, I figured that this is something that's really, just based on how it was trading, mm -hmm. you know, you're saying this is a year of breakthroughs. I yeah. figured it was going to really break through and break out. So, uh, so, you know, we were able to like double our money in it in maybe like just a few months. But, That's good. But there were some people, though, who were like, oh, I want to continue to hold it. I said, well, I'm, you know, yeah. I don't know if I would do that. It, the stock went from maybe 10 to about $100 oh, wow. over a year and a couple months. But if you didn't sell it, you know, because it was a short-term invest, investment, yeah. if you didn't sell it, the stock went back down to about $20. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the short term investing. So you're investing kind of on a trend because yeah. everybody was talking about Oprah, uh, you know, owning the company and and that, uh, you know, so and everybody was saying, oh, there was a lot of what you call short sellers. Yeah. Meaning that they didn't think uh, that Oprah was going to be able to really uh, move that company along. So they were selling the stock instead of buying it because you can make money if you sell it and not buy it because if it goes down, you make money. Hmm. So all these short sellers were in there. But I said, no, I think Oprah's really going to do something with this. And so the. Um, so we went against the trend and just kind of, it was a short-term thing, but we made money and then got out. Okay. So, uh, but Microsoft, I wouldn't consider that a, a short-term investment. It's, it's a long-term, I think, investment. Okay. Because that's where tech, technology is kind of where it's at today. Okay. And I think long-term, of course, Microsoft will be here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Can you explain a bit more about um, when, the, when the market is, I've heard terms like bullish or bearish. What does that mean? It's a season. You know, as Christians, we have seasons that mm -hmm. we go through things where things may be coming against us, uh, or maybe we're just, you know, really prospering and things are going great. Mm -hmm. and, uh, the market has seasons. Okay. You know, a bull market is when uh, stocks are going up over the over time. A bear market is when stocks are going down. So generally, uh, if the market is down 20% from its highs, uh, that's considered like a bear. Market. Okay. Mm -hmm. What would you say the current market is as of today? Where well, are we we're, we're near we're near the high, so it's not. We've had some uh, some heavy down days, but you know when you see the market down a thousand points, maybe twenty years ago that was a big deal. But when the market's at twenty five thousand, or you know uh, where the level that it's at now, that's not a big drop. Okay. You know, so so I I, th I think we're still in a good upward trend. I think this is awesome. I think this is excellent information, everybody. For those of you who may be interested in learning more about investments, definitely feel free to look up Ms. Catrice Wells. I think that she'll provide some valuable information in guiding you with your investments. This is really good. Um, I understand that there was a very memorable event that occurred in 2001 with you. Can you share a bit about what happened? Oh, that was 9-11. You know, I've, I've always been, um, you know, just wanting to be a part of Wall Street, and I was going to uh, go to New York. Mm -hmm. I had a job offer. One of my friends, Andre, uh, he was working at the World Trade Center, and uh, we were training together, and, and uh, we were actually trained in San Antonio, Texas, for uh, Citibank. Okay. And so he said, you know, you should come join our team mm -hmm. in, uh, in New York, because I, you know, I was excited about you know, being on Wall Street, mm -hmm. and he was at the World Trade Center. And so, uh, so we got interviews together, and I got a job offer, six-figure job offer, to go work uh, for them with him on mm -hmm. a team in New York. And so I had uh, even found an apartment. You know, it's hard to find an apartment in New York, but <laughs> found an apartment. We had facts over the the lease and all wow. that. But the Lord just spoke to my heart that something was getting ready to happen in New York that I would be in the middle of it, and uh, it would be world changing. I didn't understand it. You know, my church had uh, prayed for me, and I had some going-away parties and things like that. And 
I was prepared to move. So I decided to stay, but I couldn't explain it. So I left a message with those in New York to say I wasn't going to come. I thought maybe, well, maybe I'm just being a little bit too deep here, you know, because this is such an opportunity. And so I, uh, so I, I just I stayed here in Chicago. Uh -huh. And then on that Tuesday, when um, my old job uh, had said, you know, you can come back any time. And so, because I, I had turned down the job, you know, in New York. So I, I went back, and when I saw that World Trade Center come down, uh, you know, after the 9-11 attacks, because I, my start date was September, the first week of September of 2001, uh, the week before 9-11. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's backtrack. So are you telling me? You were supposed to be actually working for the World Trade Center. Yes. And the Lord spoke to you and told you to not go in, even though you had a six-figure job offer and you heard the voice of the Lord and avoided a calamity of actually being, being one of the people whose lives were taken on that day. Yeah, many thought I was actually there. Oh, my goodness. When, when it happened. And uh, I only told my mom and my grandmother what the Lord, you know, I felt the Lord was saying. And Andre, who got me the job, he was on the 102nd floor of Tower One. Wow. And the entire, all four people on the team uh, perished, and they never found their bodies. So, um, and I was calling him that day, and of course the, the phones were out. But So I just thank God for leading and guiding me. You know, it's, it's uh, I learned to don't follow money, but follow God. Wow. And then the goodness and mercy will follow you. Wow. And so this is good. I think what you just said, it, it, it brings up a very valid point. So even in the topic of investing, hearing the voice of God yes. is essential in this. So whether it's short-term investing or even long-term investing, can you talk a bit about how your faith plays an impact on what you do as far as even investing for yourself or your clients? Uh, there have been, I, I try to uh, really invoke God into what I would, would buy and, and for clients. And um, there have been times when the Lord has spoken to me uh, it's not all the time. Every time I buy stock, it's not because the Lord told me. But there, there have been instances where, um, where the Lord has really guided me on what to, what to purchase. And so I, I'm grateful for that. As Christians, we have inside information. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that's through the Holy Ghost. That's right. The Holy Ghost. He's yes. your teacher and your helper. Yes. Yes. So, well, mm -hmm. this is really good. I mean, Ms. Wells, I'm so glad that you had the opportunity to come onto our show. I mean, someone of your, your expertise and the pedigree that you have, having over 25 years of experience in the industry. But I think what's the most essential thing that we can take away from this podcast is not only are you just, you were just a head stock trader or that you've held such high titles for yourself within this industry, but that you're a woman who hears the voice of God. Yes. Even in your industry, you use faith principles in order to guide you to mm -hmm. make the right investment for your clients and to even lead them to success and profit. I think that alone is the word of the day. Yes, yeah, the, the Lord will lead and guide you, you know, he, um, and we can use it as Christians. You know, I've, I remember one time I was kind of, um, a client wanted me to take, buy something a little more risky and take on a little more risk. They wanted to just try that. They, had, they were in a good financial situation. So I said, well, you know, I asked the Lord to really just kind of guide me. And I wasn't sure whether or not it was a good time to buy or sell this particular stock. It was an oil company. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, that the, one night I just, I had, the Lord allowed me to see the, uh, the, actually the cover mm -hmm. of a newspaper about oil stocks. And so I made a decision on that. And I saw the price of the stock move 
in this dream. Wow. And so I, I made a decision based on that, and it was right. And, and I think just within just a two days' time, uh, we were up like 40%. That's awesome. Yeah, so that doesn't happen every day, no. That's but, awesome. But, you know, the Lord will be there with you, and, I, you know, uh, we're, we're, as Christians, we do have a great advantage. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. If you didn't hear, make sure you hear the voice of God. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you look up Miss Catrice Wells online and pick up this book, When Heaven Went Public. I'm sure you'll enjoy this read. Miss Wells, I want to thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. Thanks for it's surely me. been a pleasure. Mm -hmm. The information that you've provided for us, it's definitely an on-time word and surely powerful. I'll be, I'm pumped. I'll be implementing a lot of this in my own personal life. Um, I hope that you'll come back on our podcast in the future because I think there's a bit more that I want to pull out of you with regards to investing. I'm sure that there will be more questions that will come pouring in from our audience. If you are audience and you're here, you've tuned into this podcast, make sure you submit your questions. We want to hear from you. On our next podcast, we'll be discussing real estate, the real estate, how to own it, how to buy it, how to sell it. For this podcast, we'll be bringing a team of experts. So remember, submit your questions to moneymondays at jbs.edu. But not only that, submit your questions about any money topic, whether you may have questions for Ms. Catrice Wells about investing and you want a little bit more information, make sure you do that. In closing, don't forget to join us every first and third Monday of the month at noon, Central Standard Time. I am your host, Jill Thompson, and thank you so much for tuning in again to our Money Mondays episode, and I look forward to seeing you prosper. We want to hear from you. On our next podcast, we'll be talking real estate, the real estate, how to own it, how to buy it, how to sell it. We are bringing a team of experts. Submit your questions in advance to moneymondays at jbs.edu. Again, that's moneymondays at jbs.edu. Don't forget to join us every first and third Monday at noon for a new topic on money management and wealth creation. Subscribe to our Joseph Business School YouTube channel. And as always, I'm your host, Jill Thompson, and I look forward to being with you on our next time and to seeing you prosper.